This is HEC Media. Welcome to Talking with Authors, a program dedicated to speaking with some of the best-selling authors around, covering many different genres. I'm your podcast host, Rod Milam, for HEC Media. With the help of independent bookstore Left Bank Books and the St. Louis County Library, we're able to sit down with amazing writers and thought leaders to discuss their work, their inspiration, and what makes them special. By the way, you can also watch video versions of most of these interviews by going to hecmedia.org. Now, after the initial weeks of the coronavirus global shutdown, we were able to set up remote interviews with many authors. Now, sound quality might be slightly different than our previous podcasts, but they still contain the same great content that you've come to expect. Today, our guest is founder and CEO of Organize 365, Lisa Woodruff. We spoke with her via Zoom in July of 2020 about her latest book, The Paper Solution, What to Shred, What to Save, and How to Stop It from Taking Over Your Life by publisher Penguin Random House. Lisa Woodruff is a professional organizer, productivity coach, and podcaster. But before starting her current career, she was a school teacher. Now she uses her teaching skills to help people understand how they can bring order to the space in their homes, and her latest book focuses on one of the toughest things to organize, paper. Paper especially is more difficult to organize than a house because you can go on Pinterest and look for kitchen organization ideas. You can, you know, get a magazine about how to organize your closet. But paper, whatever paper you're holding up in front of me, you want to know what to do with that paper and you think every single piece of paper is a totally different category and you don't know how to bucket paper and make decisions and you just stop and you go, oh my gosh, there's so much paper and I have to make a thousand decisions because I have a thousand pieces of paper. I don't know how to do this, so I'm just going to shove it in a drawer and that's why you have your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents paper because you can keep packing it in boxes and moving it to other people's houses. We'll get a few tips on how to organize, hear her thoughts on the methods taught by Mari Kondo, and learn the story of how she became a professional organizer. Lisa Woodruff joins us now on this edition of Talking with Authors from HEC Media and HEC Books. Here's our host this time, Victoria Babu. Well, welcome to St. Louis, Lisa, and thank you so much for joining us here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. The book is called The Paper Solution, uh, What to Shred, What to Save, and How to Stop It from Taking Over Your Life. Now, one of the things I had to chuckle when I was told about interviewing you, um, I recall as a news anchor several years ago that in one of our episodes and one of our newscasts, we actually took a shot of my news desk because I had piles of paper stacked. But for me, it was all organized. I knew where everything was. But if I had to send anyone to my desk, it was a lost cause. Now, fast forward several years later, I'm much better at organizing. But there's always that work in progress. So your book meant a lot to me because I'm going through some changes in my life at this time in my life that it really is hit home. Am I your typical uh, customer person that would be interested in, in getting our lives in order? Or is that anybody? It really is anybody, but here's the thing. Do you remember during COVID where there was the girl standing on the apartment holding up the sign saying, I don't care how long you leave me here. I am not cleaning out my closet. <laughs> and, and everybody sent that to me. And I just laughed. I was like, it's so true. It's like, if you don't want to lose the weight, if you don't want to get out of debt, if you don't want to clean out the closet, you're not going to do it. But usually you will clean out your files when you're going through a life change and it usually involves paper and money. Like almost every life change in America involves paper and money. Divorce, births, marriages, moving, estates, all of them involve money and paper. And that's when you're like, I can't ignore it anymore. I can't shove it in the closet anymore. I have to face it. And then you search for an answer and there really are not very many answers out there. 
you were a teacher by trade. Mm -hmm. And let's see, it's been probably 12 years ago. You gave that all up. Would you share with our mm -hmm. listeners what happened at that point? And that was that was that tipping point. Yeah, I gave up teaching twice. So I was teaching before I had our kids. And then I gave up teaching in order to be a stay-at-home mom. That's what my lifelong dream was. And then as the recession hit in 2008, 2009, my father passed away. We you know, went down into the pit of debt. I went back to teaching, but it wasn't a good fit for my kids. So 18 months into teaching, while it was a financial return, it was really hurting our family. And when I was told by my administrator, I wasn't a good teacher. I was like, first of all, I know I'm a good teacher because I was 39. So I wasn't as swayed by administration at that point. But the second point was, if I'm not being valued here, if, if you don't think I'm a good teacher, then why am I killing myself for this job? Because I know I'm not being a good mom. I know my house is a wreck. I know that I'm not doing what I, I should be doing with my life uniquely. And so I quit my job and went more into debt to figure out what I was uniquely created to do. And I used that teaching skill to help other women at home who were also were drowning in their houses as well. In your wildest dreams, did you ever think 12 years ago or so mm -hmm. that this the idea when you left teaching to just organize your home, that that would become a business? I always knew it would be a business. Oh, you so did? I, start, I am a fourth generation female college graduate and entrepreneur on my mother's side, female. So my great great grandmother, my great grandmother had four businesses in the thirties and forties, wow. a floral shop, a restaurant. She was a teacher. So entrepreneurship on my mother and father's side goes all the way back. I always knew I would own my own business. So I thought, Lisa, it's the time. Like, why do you keep trying to work for other people? You're going to be 40, just get, get going on whatever your business is going to be. I never thought it would have a physical warehouse. I never thought that I would employ other people. I never thought that the reach would be as big as it is, but I always knew that I would be self-employed. Let's talk about that reach. It's like six point some million downloads of your podcast. Is that correct? Eight million, two weeks Eight ago. million. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, so many people out there would be envious of that. So what does that say about our society right now? I think it says two things. I think the reason why the podcast is doing so well is not because I'm a Pinterest organizer and it's not because I have all the answers. I think it's because I'm giving specifically women the knowledge that organization is a learnable skill and that you learn it at different phases in life. And as you go from one phase to the next, you get disorganized because that kind of organization doesn't work in the next phase of life. And I don't say, so get it together and get it done. I say, you're fine just where you are. How about if you take another nap? Let's spend 15 minutes a day. And through that message of grace, and we're just going to keep doing this together until it's done and we're never really done, women are like, oh, you're telling me I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have it done by the end of the month. And I can learn it. Well, if I can learn it and you will be kind to me, then I will try. And as I achieve success, I will want to do more and I'll bring my friends along with me. Yeah, I like that because there's two thoughts in there. First off, it is something that's daily, or thus the name Organized 365. Duh. And uh, also the fact that it's, you, not, you don't make it overwhelming because that's my issue. I see a bigger picture and I go, I see this mammoth, but you chop it down to something little, which is really the crux of your organizing, which we'll get into in a moment. You do call out uh, Marie Kondo. And for those who don't know out there, uh, she is the uh, Netflix... Uh, guru who had her own show uh, called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And it, she, she's Japanese, and that's important because there's a mentality in that culture teaching that if you simplify, properly simplify, and organize your home just once, then you'll never have to do it again. Why do you take issue with her methods, and especially with our American culture? 
Yeah. So I call her out to thank her first for raising awareness to this organizational industry that a few of us really love. And most people either think you either can do it or you can't and they ignore it. So she brought it to the forefront and I thank her so much for that. But then the second part is I know so many specifically American women who have a lot more stuff because they have a lot bigger houses than they do in Japan. And we're a paper-based society and Japan is not. And so I just want to affirm for women who had success in their closets with her because she's great for cleaning out your closet that there's more to this organizing. If the rest of her organizing didn't work for you or she has no paper organizing solutions doesn't mean that you can't then go to other organizers to keep going on your organizing journey. So my husband, so talk about life changes. I, I'm at a different place than let's say when you were back when you were 40 or when I was 40 and dealing with the kids growing up. So we've recently downsized from a large family home, you know, many bedrooms to a villa, villa living. Well, I was so overwhelmed, Lisa, with all the stuff in our storage, not only from the children, but from my, my parents, his parents, yeah. his since passed away, all that accumulated in our area. So I literally hired twice organizing services, women who came in and physically could help you because I was so overwhelmed. They helped me twer purge twice um, just because I felt alone and lost. Um, please share with me the emotional aspect of this process. Yeah, if you can afford it, it's like getting tutoring when you're a kid and you're learning something, you can get a tutor, you're going to get one-on-one -on -one instruction. That's what a professional organizer is going to do for you. They're literally going to clean out the whole space all at once in a matter of a day or a week. Uh, it's amazing if you can afford it. And that's how I started to organize 365. And as I was working with women, I realized they were learning what I was teaching them. And that's when I transitioned into online and doing more bite-sized pieces. But it is emotional. And paper especially is difficult to organize because it's, it's more difficult to organize than a house. Because you can go on Pinterest and look for kitchen organization ideas. You can, you know, get a magazine about how to organize your closet. But paper, whatever paper you're holding up in front of me, you want to know what to do with that paper. And you think every single piece of paper is a totally different category. And you don't know how to bucket paper and make decisions. And then you run across the paper that is when you had to put down your cat, or it's, you know, of a sibling that you've lost, or it's from a time in your life, you know, like my infertility struggle, and you run across all the medical bills from that and all the money that was wasted because we never got pregnant with infertility. And you just stop and you go, oh my gosh, there's so much paper and I have to make a thousand decisions because I have a thousand pieces of paper. I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to shove it in a drawer. And that's why you have your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents paper, because you can keep packing it in boxes and moving it to other people's houses. And I was trying to not, actually I saved money by not having to move so much stuff. And it was very freeing to purge. You write that organization is a muscle. It is a skill that can be learned, I'm quoting you. And as you learn, it will develop more tricks. I think for most of us, that is where to start. Is that where that Sunday basket comes in? Yes. So interestingly, what you were talking about, you said, I purged a lot and then I keep purging and I keep purging more. I, I want to hit that point again. One of the things that we were taught, which was a myth, especially with paper, is to touch it once. Do you remember hearing that? Like, oh, I think yes, it was like the totally. 80s and 90s, like yep. touch it once. So when you have it, like you need to process it right away. That is the worst advice we could ever have because mentally we have to start shedding in layers. Like if you only wear 20% of your closet, you physically cannot purge 80%, even with a professional organizer. It's too radical of a shift. So this does happen in segments over time. Don't 
give yourself so much pressure to try to get this perfect or to try to know what to do with everything at every time. Take the things that you know what to do with and get rid of them. And I actually tell you to keep more than you purge in all areas. So if you're not sure if you need that paper, keep it. I'd rather you have it and then six months from now go, why do I still have this? Then six months from now being like, oh, you know what? I should not have gotten rid of that. So yes, the first thing is the Sunday basket. And in that touch it once rule, we would go to the mailbox. And do you remember doing this? I mean, I think everybody did this. Once you heard that rule, you would start walking back to the house and you'd be like, okay, well, this is recycle and this I have to open and pay. Like, okay, so I'm going to recycle as much as I can. Okay. These are actionable. All right. Well, I better open them all right now so I can get that away. So now do I get out the checkbook every single day and pay it or go online and pay it every single day? Because touch it once, right? So the Sunday basket is the opposite of that. It's touch it once every seven days. So drop everything in your Sunday basket. And then on Sunday, you process through mail, any other paper ideas, to-do lists that come in during the week and start to batch those things, just like you batch laundry and dishes and everything else. And you called it the Sunday basket because that was the day of the week that worked for you. You would spend what, a couple hours. You, right. you, said you were going through these and, and it helped. Uh, and you had different files. Now I came up now, yours actually, I saw you in a, um, on a local TV station in Ohio, and you actually had a physical wicker basket then. But now you've, as your business has grown, you've got, we, can, we can purchase from you. But I will say I, I created my own, and it's pretty simple, but it's the same concept. I've got my file folders and Love started it. this as soon as I got your book and immediately went into it, and, and it was an immediate gratification, I will tell you. Very simple. I mean, it's again, no, nothing to be overwhelmed about. So I'll pick my day. And for me, it might be Sunday as well. Uh, and then go through it and figure out what, what needs to be done this week. And, and, and then things are ongoing in that basket. Absolutely. I mean, there is enough instruction in that book to create your own Sunday basket. You don't need to buy the organized 365 brand Sunday basket. I kind of go back to teaching. There are always going to be people who can watch YouTube, read a book, um, listen to the podcast and be like, oh, I get it. I understand what she's doing and make one on their own. Then there are going to be students that are like, well, if I get the box, then I can get it set up. Like if somebody sets it up for me, I can maintain it. And then there are people in our audience, which the Sunday basket comes with a weekly accountability 90 minute workshop every single, almost every single Sunday. And they need to show up every Sunday and be on there to actually do it because they want to do it with people. Otherwise it's not going to get done. And so as a teacher, I just tried to set up all the different ways it would possibly help you to create this, the habit because the habit is the key. And that's accountability if you're meeting every week, just like losing weight for some people, they got to go meet with somebody to yep. weigh in. You're, you're basically having them weigh in with you every week so that, and, and have that community, as you said, because there is strength in numbers, especially if you feel you need that, right? That little push. Uh, so you call your business Organized 365. You've got a great website of the same name. And it really is about that continuous cycle, correct? Yeah, just 15 minutes a day is really all it takes. And you slowly, over time, you wake up one day and you literally go, oh my gosh, like it's all done. It takes a while. It takes usually at least a year, sometimes more. But it does, it does get to a maintenance mode eventually. So I moved two years ago, as I mentioned. I'm still going through storage boxes. And I have, embarrassed to say, papers and papers. But the, because of the way you expressed it for someone like me who tends to procrastinate, um, it's manageable. I don't mm -hmm. feel like oh, I'm a bad person because I haven't done it, or I am labeling myself as a certain type of person. So I appreciate that thinking. That's a mindset that really hit home for me. And I guess 
obviously, 8 million other people. <laughs> and I would say also, Victoria, do you notice this to be true? This is what I notice to be true of people who have downsized from their family home. Um, they have less time than when they were in the family home, which sounds so bizarre to people who have not experienced it, but I'd love to hear if you think it's true. Here's what happens is your kids leave. Now, my kids have just, you know, started to go to college, so they're starting the process of bye-bye. So they go, and you think, oh my gosh, I am going to have so much time because I'm not doing all the driving, and I'm not doing all the laundry, and I'm not going to be maintaining this big house. But what actually happens, and my 55 and over audience members are the hardest to get to organize because they have so many opportunities and they've been waiting so long that they're, well, not right now, but normally they're off traveling and they're seeing grandchildren and they're getting a second degree and they're starting other businesses and they're volunteering and they're running for office and they are never home. And when they are, they don't want to organize. I'm like, are you kidding me? So we think in our 30s and 40s that when we get in our 50s, we'll have time to organize. No, you won't because you're going to want to travel and start a business and get another degree and go out with girlfriends and you don't want to be home doing that anymore. It's true. And I get tired. Because so, <laughs> when I do get home from my fun stuff, I'm like, eh. But, but again, the Sunday basket is huge, it's small, it's manageable. Do the same concept. And, and another thing that I like is at this point in my life, I'm looking at the legacy. What am I going to leave right. my kids? I mean, we're not immortal. We're all going to go sometime. So I'm going through the finance part. And you do have in the book, and that chap two chapters were important to me. Well, they all were. But this one particularly, what's the finance side of um, the four folders? Uh, can you go four over binders. that? Binders. Binders, excuse me. Yes. That's fine. Yes. So as a professional organizer, I help people organize their filing cabinets and I was never successful. I mean, I was successful in that we had less stuff and it was well labeled, but I was never successful in that the homeowner could maintain the system ever. Not one time. And I was like, well, A, that's, that's not good teaching if the student can't do it. And then B, in uh, 2016, when we had all the fires in California and all of the different hurricanes that hit the United States, I had my customers emailing me who had gotten their homes organized and they said, we have to evacuate. How do I take the paper with me? And I was like, you don't get in the car and go. And I was like, that is the, how can I have that be my answer? And I was like, we need a portable answer. When you have those life events and you need paper that I mentioned before, divorce, power of health care, advocating for your kids, IEP, things like that, you always need your paper, not at your house. You always need to take it with you somewhere. And if you evacuate, you have to take it with you somewhere. And I was like, well, the only way to do this is for people to completely change their paradigm. So I said, ditch the filing cabinet. Forget about filing cabinets. We don't want them anymore. We're going to use binders and you only need four. So it's a financial binder, a medical binder, a household reference binder for your house, and a household operations binder for whatever makes your family uniquely you, your pets, your holidays, all those kinds of things. Lisa Woodruff on how to best store important papers. In just a bit, we'll hear some more benefits of using her system. I can't tell you how many times you just pull out a piece of paper and it validates what you know in your gut and what you know to be true, but people don't believe what you say. They only believe what you could produce in a piece of paper at the right time. It would not have had the same impact if I said, I'm going to go home and find that paper and I'll email it to you later. Like, it's powerful and it can help you advocate for those that you love. We'll hear about our organizing retreats, tips for shredding properly, and more as our discussion with Lisa Woodruff on Talking With Authors continues from ATC Media. Educate Today offers an ever-growing library of the highest quality video resources, curriculum materials, and interactive programs all of which are designed to challenge thinking, inspire creativity, 
and empower learning of students, educators, parents, and lifelong learners. And you can find out more about all these programs by going online to educate.today. That's educate.today. I went to my local office store and I said, do you offer shredding? Tell me the process for that. And because I did adopt it from your book, I have trash. Um, and then what, what do I want to actually take and shred? And then do I trust those shredders? I'm kind of nervous about with my social security number out there. So what, what do you suggest? Yeah, everybody is always nervous about this. So you are totally not alone. And pretty much every office supply store is going to have shredding office depots, staples, uh, all of them will. And then financial services will usually do like a free shredding day if you want to do that. But the price for shredding is usually like $15 for a brown grocery bag or $25 for a banker's box. It won't be more than that. It might be a little bit less. It's a dollar a pound. And what they do is when you bring five pounds or less in, they literally just shred it right in front of you. And if not, they take it and they dump it into this big cage. And this big cage is locked so they can only dump the paper in the top. And then a shredding company comes offsite and they literally unlock the cage, put it right in the machine, and then they run it through. And at our paper organizing retreats, we actually have the shredding company come straight there so the people's papers get shredded right in front of them. Um, so you can find places where you can have it shredded right in front of you, them. But yes, it's very, it's very safe. Now, you mentioned retreats. I was going to get into that moment, but since you've mentioned it, let's go there. You have other people who teach. I mean, you've, you've yeah. teaching others to teach, correct? Tell, tell us that process. Yes. So I was in direct sales companies for years and I love the community of direct sales, kind of like that online doing the Sunday basket. So now this is very popular with people over 50 because now, now we're traveling and now it's a community. And so um, we have 120 different certified organizers in the United States and Canada and 38 of them are certified to do retreats. And yes, now they are virtual and they're online and they're still fun. They're six hours. But when we were doing them, in person and we will be able to in the future. It's a hotel event. It's 36 hours. You literally drive there. People have driven 18 hours to Ohio with all of their paper and you physically get it sorted with professional organizers on site and shred it and go home with just the, the papers that you need so you can finish making your binders at home. Right. Again, it's that sense of community and some, yeah. some people need that. I get it. What are the most common stumbling blocks for people first starting out with the paper organizing? I think it goes back to that touch at once. They want to go from an overstuffed filing cabinet straight into a binder or a digitized solution. And it's actually a bunch of steps. So the first step is you're in the filing cabinet and you need to just decide, am I keeping it or am I getting rid of it? And if I'm getting rid of it, am I trashing it or am I shredding it? So you have three piles, trash, shred, keep. And you have to go through your entire filing cabinet that way. And it is going to take you a month. Like it's, you just do it like 15, 20 minutes a day, an hour here, nothing the next day. It'll take about a month and you'll get through all of it and you will literally get rid of about 70%. Then you take that keep pile and you start over again and then you sort it into, okay, is this something that I would reference in a binder, which used to be my filing cabinet, or is it something that needs action? And so there you're separating for it's going to become a binder or it's going to be in the Sunday basket. Then you take the Sunday basket and you get that going then you take the ones you said you were going to keep and you divide those into the binder. So which of the four binders is it? Or do I need an additional binder for some reason? And then you take each individual binder and create the binders. And this whole process takes three months, six months. It takes a while. It takes yeah. a while. Just give yourself the time. It's going to take a while. I was just thinking of you say that. What a gift to give my children when I go. Yes. Everything's going to be right there. 
You think about As it. As somebody who has settled her father's estate, yep. I mean, he did not expect to die at the age of 60. I could tell you that. And he had very well kept files, but it was a lot of paperwork and a lot of stress and a lot of worry. And I've worked with a lot of clients who have settled spouses and parents' estates. And in one case, um, there was $100,000 that I found in an extra bank account uh, as we were going through it because the account numbers were so close, the bank didn't even realize that we hadn't identified one of them. They hadn't moved it over into her name. And, and I found it and we went and got that money. So it's very important. What do you think the best advice that followers say they have received from you? It's the grace, the grace that they are not broken, that they can do this, that they were never taught and that step-by-step step they're going to learn to do it. That is, I did not realize I was giving grace. They told me that's what they were receiving from the podcast was actionable steps. Yes. I mean, like it's an actionable podcast, but it's an actionable podcast, not through guilt or through you should, or here's another thing for your to-do list. Um, it's just more like a good friend, just like chit-chatting about organizing. So what for you has been the most satisfying part of this journey? Oh my gosh. Having people tell me that they are organized. They never thought they would be organized. Now they are organized and they have so much time. They don't know what to do with it. And then I say, go do what you are uniquely created to do. Because I feel, especially for women more than men, but I feel for women, the housework is never done. And because the housework is never done, we, we read books and we do stuff, but we feel guilty about it. And once the house is organized, you're housework reduces by 40% and you literally get extra time. Like the Sunday basket alone will give you five extra hours every single week. 90 minutes on Sunday gives you five hours during the week. I will take that trade all the time. And once they have that time, they have to wrestle with what was I uniquely created to do? And they're like, well, Lisa did a book. Lisa did a podcast. Lisa started a company. You know, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to do this. Like there have been so many organized 365 book babies, like other people who have written books and published them because they finally had the time. Like that is, I mean, that is a teacher's dream is that the student would learn and then go on and do something next that is beyond the teacher. That is, that is the biggest blessing for me. And at the end of the book, Lisa, you do mention that you are pro-paper, that paper is powerful, and it builds confidence. Please explain what you mean by that. So I think the first time I realized that was when I was in an IEP meeting for uh, one of my students, one of my children, and there, literally there were like 10 people around the table, and I had been labeled the problem parent, anybody with a special needs a child has been in my situation and they're like, Oh, Mrs. Woodruff wants this. And Mrs. Woodruff wants that. And they walked in there like, we're giving her nothing, blah, blah, blah. And they said, here's our test result. And I said, Oh really? I have a test result that's 40 points higher. And they were like, that's impossible. This result doesn't change. And I got opened up my binder and I got out that result and I passed it to the person. And the mood in that room was like the air went out and they're like, how does this happen? We've never seen this happen before. How, uh, uh, what happened? Did she have a seizure? Did you do this, do this? And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, well, what can we do to support this? And how can we do this? And what extra tests can we run? And have you had this? And all of a sudden these nine people who thought I was crazy a minute ago were like, how do we help this child? What has gone on here? And it was that piece of paper. And I can't tell you how many times you just pull out a piece of paper and it validates what you know in your gut and what you know to be true. But people don't believe what you say. They only believe what you can produce in a piece of paper at the right time. It would not have had the same impact if I said, I'm going to go home and find that paper and I'll email it to you later, or I'm going to bring it back to the school the next day. You wouldn't have the same nine people. Like 
it's powerful and it can, it can help you advocate for those that you love. That's like being in the court of law and you're holding up the paper. Yes. I can, I can prove it. We've got it here. Here's the evidence. It really is evidence. Yeah. Uh, and it's tangible, something we can hold versus, you know, in the air and digitized. Thank you, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for helping me as well. Victoria, thank you so much. That's professional organizer Lisa Woodruff as we spoke with her in July of 2020 about her latest book, The Paper Solution, What to Shred, What to Save, and How to Stop It from Taking Over Your Life by publisher Penguin Random House. The host and producer of the video version of this program was Victoria Babu. Editor was Carrie Marks. Supervising producer, Julie Winkle. Production support by Jane Ballou and Christina Chastain. HEC Media Executive Director is Dennis Riggs. The Talking With Authors podcast executive producer is Christina Chastain. Podcast audio editing by Ben Smith. This podcast episode's producer was Paul Langdon. And I'm Rod Milam, your podcast host. Special thanks to the St. Louis County Library and The Novel Neighbor. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. This is HEC Media. You wake up, you get dressed, you prepare for a day of challenging and inspiring young minds. But maybe all you get is frustration and anxiety. You are a teacher. In the Classroom Matters podcast, we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of education. We talk to people such as Kim Bearden, co-founder of the Ron Clark Academy, Ken Williams, creator of Unfold the Soul, Teacher of the Year Beth Davey, and so many more insightful educators. Because your voice matters, your experience matters, your classroom matters. Classroom Matters with Christy Hool, a new podcast from Educate.today. Subscribe and download now.